You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, Sid Talk, we were just talking about you have to explain it. So I'll I was you. showing you some pictures that I took recently when I went on a cemetery hopping day with my mother and aunt cemetery hopping cemetery that sounds hopping. like fun well today tomorrow's memorial oh monday's memorial day and so we could go we had to unfortunately a, a grandfather of co- some cousins passed away and on that day of his funeral we did, my mom and decided we'll go do the cemetery stuff where you go to all the different cemeteries really old ones some of them and you take old um old flowers off clean off all leaves and grass and stuff and they put in new flowers and you know put in flags for all the veterans and whatnot now i'm not a traditionalist person not a cemetery person not that it freaks me out i just i'm not sentimental in that way so i just enjoyed the day and then seeing i took tons of pictures one of the stops we made was actually an old house that was that belonged to my mother and my aunt's grandfather. Now, at the time, of course, they remembered the house and memories there and whatever, family stuff. As we drove by, it's completely overgrown. It's falling in. And I'm like, oh, I'd like to take some pictures. And my mom turns around, so I go take some pictures. And approaching it, as I'm walking up this completely overgrown, weedy, tree-grown little hole off the side of an old dirt road, kind of a gravel road... It puts my mind like creepy, woodsy yeah, cabin that, in the woods. It you looks, know? yeah, it looks like um, it's got leaves growing, tree growing like out of it. Like the world ended, and, and nobody. Yes, no humans have been around for a very long time. And then outside on this like spindly thing is like empty whiskey bottles, vodka bottles. Inside, there's like a couch weight. I mean, everything is falling apart, like completely disintegrated. But inside, I could see loads of trash and a couch. And they were saying like, <laughs> who knows what's happened in there? Like anything can happen. Like you said, <laughs> anything you can imagine people doing. And we're talking about bodily fluids and I think acts, know acts that people can perform on one another, doing drugs, shooting up crystal meth, unfortunately, is a kind of a thing in that area. And so now it's just a house that's, you know, it's it's a funny thing. Because, like, to my mom, it had me- memories, but now she's like, oh, it's just a house. It's just fallen in. But all things do come to an end, don't they? Very cheery way to start the <laughs> show. So... Yeah, let's 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 make things a bit more uplifting. So, the mo- it's um, after the show. We're listening to after the show. It's our podcast. The uplifting uh, part of that is that in his lifetime, because of who he was and his relationship to them, made a house which is nothing more than wood and glass, and that's about it. Just a structure built on this planet, a little tiny, teeny, tiny little house that they have in their minds pleasant, good memories of their grandfather. That's what matters, and that is quite uplifting. That that house can come and go, but those memories will never go away. There you go. Nice. So, um, yeah, this is after the show, movie review podcast, uh, where myself, A. Scully, and you sit talk, sit down, where husband and wife, and You never talk, told me I have to sit down. You are sat down. Talk about a movie each week, and uh, it's Saturday, May the 25th, 2013. This is after the show number 276. 
So if you want to go back and listen to all 276, we'll wait for you. No, it's probably is that long enough? Are you done? <laughs> so um, can the, you even access all two hundred seventy-five of them? Yeah, yes, you can now. So um, on on iTunes, yes. Okay. So uh, the movie we're looking at this week is Beautiful Creatures. It's a two thousand and thirteen movie. It's released on um, Blu-ray and DVD combo pack type thing on the twenty-first of May. So you can pick this up right now in North America, at least. It's a PG-13, it's from our friends at Warner Brothers, and Sid Talk, what's the synopsis of Beautiful Creatures? I don't know what the synopsis is, but I liked Heavenly Creatures better. But that will hold off for a few minutes. <laughs> we're not asking for your opinion, we're just asking for the synopsis. If you want the synopsis of your dreams, then you're going to have to start doing it yourself. My synopsis is this. There's a girl, who's not really a girl, and a boy, who's not really a boy. <laughs> she's got some magic powers he's just a southern boy and her 16th birthday as all girls do she's going to choose to either go to the light or the dark of her magical powers like we all do you can be nice or you can be a bitch basically is whatever you, it's a secret society of women that we all on that day we make the choice if you this isn't wondered. what the movie's about by the way and there's some love story involved and some magic and beautiful creatures and civil war reenactment yes yes there is so um that's not the best synopsis but you go for it um so let's get on to the movie uh Sito, what did you think of beautiful creatures i liked heavenly creatures better but we don't care about better. your thoughts on that one well i'm comparing because of the name only <laughs> um i liked it most of the time. I'm going to say about 82% of the time. But it seemed really... Um, it's not ta- it's not talking to me. No. And it's really obvious. Whereas I can watch other movies that are not talking to me. And yet I feel welcome. I mean, quite clearly this movie is based on a book. Which is a young adult book. Which would be in the realms of something like Twilight. Made Which into was, a movie. Yeah, and this book is written by authors who first go out and test the market and what listen to what want. people want, list like bullet items. We want the boy to be the one in love. We want the girl to be the one with the magical powers. We want it from a boy's point of view. I mean, view. this we is coming to, straight from the author's mouth. And then they go mouth. back to the office. Yeah, and then they go back to their office and they say, well, let's make this formula and let's mix it up and this is what we're going to do. do. It's f- like... And it's like trying to make a product, which is what it is to pe- some people, yes, and say, well, the people like our beer to be a little bit sweeter, and the people like our beer to be a little bit more this or that, and now we're going to change our product to make them happy. So quite clearly, what was... And it feels that way to me. As I'm watching it, I'm feeling that. Very pointed, Yeah, what I'm getting at here is things. quite clearly, Twilight's this big phenomenon. Um, the, this five movies, I think, uh, in, in, in the in a span of time and there are other people saying oh wow in the book world even you mean they started it twilight right twilight was one of the first books like that and there's people in the book world going oh we have to capture the phenomenon that was twilight which is these people it seems it seemed from the interview that they were after a piece of the pie right by writing this novel um and then 
obviously novels get made into movies, as we've found over the last few weeks. Every one we've been doing has been from a book. Um, and this is a target audience of young adults. Mm-hmm. You can tell from watching it, it feels like it's... You feel like you're too old for it. It's not even young adults to me. It's more like the maybe 13 to 16 year old I girl think, market. I, I don't for, care what they say. I'm telling you from a... I'm no, I'm it. saying I think that that is the book market, 13 to 16. Right, but it, this isn't because I can tell you as an 18 year old girl, that's a young adult, wouldn't be interested in that. But a 13 year old girl would be all over it like flies on shit. Yeah. I'm just saying. I know their demographic maybe better. Because the than Hunger Games is all, another one. The Hunger Games is but a that one's different. Adult. That's older. That's definitely directed older. It's got a little more sophistication, a little bit more uh, grit to it. Whereas this is all fluffy. This is a fantasy, a, a fairy story wrapped in some modern yeah. day. It's like stuff. we're gonna look at Twilight. Okay, vampires have been done. Werewolves have been done. What hasn't been witches. done? Witches. Witches. But we don't want them to be witches. We want them to be something else. And. It can't be the girl falling in love with the boy and, you know, all that It's quite old-fashioned, the story, let's just say. Very Even though it has, obviously it has some old-fashioned trappings to it, it's just quite a simple, old-fashioned love story with some supernatural stuff thrown into it, right? Um, A teenager whose life is about to be decided for them. Right. Love intervenes, and now they get to choose for themselves. Who's yeah, and the be. message is quite I mean, that's clear. Like it's universal. Yeah. Now, I liked quite a lot of things about the movie. Um, I did too. I, I can't say I loved the movie because I didn't like you. I felt like it was speaking, not speaking to a 43 year old man, for instance, right? And I could feel moments in the movie that young girls would be in love with this thing, right? I, I could see that. Some young girl. Some, yeah. I could see them... Not like, the cynical ones. Some of these movies... Some of these things that are occurring are just awesome. I just love this. I want to watch it over and over again. Um, so, watching this, what I did like was... I, I really liked the beginning part where it was making it quite clear that this place where they are is like this backwards... And poking fun at, like, religious people. and I liked all that. Um... You know, because it's... Yeah, but ultimately, religious people were also... The the keeper lady was a religious lady, and that was okay. So yeah, they were kind of wishy-washy on that. They were, but they did kind of take a line. Not that, the religious people, but the extreme... Like, the Bible thumper Yeah, type. they took a line on that, saying, like, you know... Like, kids are being... Some kids are being forced into this. Like, you know, like, where he was praying with his mother, and he's like, mm-hmm. can I just go? Like, I just, So I like that. I like the ideas of that. And I liked... The classroom scene, actually, where the windows, um, yeah, just what was going on there was kind of interesting. Like, like, like the teacher having to say to the kid, "Don't pray in class." I thought that was interesting. All, all those ideas were interesting, but then those ideas kind of they they don't amount to anything. No, because that's going a problem. On this a lot of thing. things just disappear, and it, a lot of it is is enjoyable, and it's like very campy. In a way, Very. and real played for, like, just everybody's having a laugh, like a fun thing, like uh, Emma Thompson. It's just like, mm-hmm. it's very over the top, I guess that's what I'm saying. Um, but I had fun most of the time. But then a lot of the time, I, I, there was times where I was rolling my eyes going, oh, this is so, like, saccharine. It's like... Mm-hmm. No grit. It's just slippery sweet. Actually, I'm going to... Like, one of my recommendations for this week... I'm just going to say it straight up because I, I want to compare it. It's True Blood. Right? 
And it's a very apt recommendation, in my opinion, because this is like the vanilla version of True Blood without the the gore, the sex, the... Vampires. The Yeah, but I'm just talking about like a supernatural twist to a backward small town, right? Oh, okay. You've got True Blood and you've got this. Now, True Blood is completely campy and over the top and almost ridiculous at times where you're like, oh my god, but why? I like it. It's kind of fun. It's like a hit, guilty pleasure, as they call it. Now, this one is the same thing, really, but for younger people. Because, you know, can't sit down younger people with True Blood because there's lots of naked people and, you know. It's like Game of Thrones. You can't sit down with your teen, you know, young 12-year-old to watch Game of Thrones. But you oh, can sure watch The Hobbit. Do. Yeah, but it's a bit too much, isn't it, you know? Mm. So... This, I feel, it's like almost like a watered-down True Blood without the vampires. Obviously, the vampires are in Twilight, and if I had seen Twilight, I'd probably compare that to True Blood. Like a vanilla True Blood, too, because it's, you know, it's not got the... We don't know, you haven't seen it. Yeah, but it's not got the... I know kind of what You mean they is. don't show two people pretending to fuck in the nude, like... Oh, oh really, <laughs> real gore, like... Like yeah, extreme like eggs exploding, yeah, necks okay. being cut, and right now that that stuff appeals to me. It always has. I like gory, uh, you know, adult versions of things, and this lacks all that. But then it does have some cool concepts, but nothing that surprises me in Beautiful Creatures. To be honest, I was watching it thinking, like, you almost immediately know what's going on. Absolutely. And then, I, and then you know, they're building to this climax, which is this particular day with this countdown on a on a hand, and and I'm thinking, well, you know, this climax is going to be, be interesting a because they mention it and they keep, you know, mm-hmm. telling you as a viewer this thing's going to happen. It's it's almost going to happen. It's going to, and then it's not really a thing for me. It, it was like, oh, okay. It's like, one of those that the threat of what's about the potential of what's happening sounds. Global. It sounds like if this one girl chooses or is taken over by this dark side of the magic powers and the curse, that that's it for humanity. All of humanity is going to suffer and disappear eventually, go extinct. And then there's nothing. There's like that's like the universe size of the the cell. They're selling you this spectacle that's as big as the planet. Ending humanity because of this one girl and her powers. And then there's no payoff. Like, zero. Nothing and at I all. Was there's, not, there's not even, like... The one part where there was, like, the tornado-y part was bigger to me than, like, the ultimate... You know. Right. Now, this is a series of books that's been very popular. And what I just read... Because I was gauging people's uh, opinions of the movie who'd read the books. Because we obviously haven't. And the people who... This is the consensus I got. If you haven't read the books, it's a pretty decent movie. If you have read the books, they've changed so much, it's hard to like it. Because they've really... You can like it if you get over that. Right, but that's what I'm saying. They, they, they've actually changed the story. And that's why those writers, mm-hmm. when, when I was listening to them, they were saying, yeah, yeah they've kind of distilled... Well, they were fine with that, though, because imagine how big of a check they looked, got. Yeah, but they, but they, was, <laughs> you know? they got the essence of our thing. Yeah, put it in his hands, and he does a great yeah. job, and, blah, 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 and he rewrote some of it. And so it's a change-around type thing, and yeah, there's several books. That's another show of an author who doesn't have heart 
about what they're writing. Actually, yeah. Even the guy last week, Jack, Jack Reacher. The, the child guy, Lee Child. When mm-hmm. I said I really liked him. Who's Lee Child? From Jack Reacher, the author of Jack Reacher. Right. When I said I like this guy because he seems like he cares about his book. Because he was like in awe of like his book being made into a screenplay. And then he was like, oh my god, they didn't really change my book. It was... It was how I imagined a movie of my book would be. And he seemed... He didn't seem like these people. These people seem like, do what you want with it. (laughs) But he would have been too, probably. Right, but he he had a different vibe to him. We only saw these two ladies speak very briefly in these extras, let me say. But the immediate impression I got was... Well, when they said... We know what we we that's what people want. It's the it's the way it's like so many people. Maybe it's because I have tendencies to creativity. You know, it's built in. I'm not taking credit for it. It's just built in. And so I don't live that. I don't live that as a profession because I can't. Not because I can't. Because I could sell drawings of people and drawings of houses and paintings of things if I just did it. And you could make up a story, too, and probably make it Yeah, I could make a... I could... I don't know. I think I could write a good story. But I can't do it because it's like once you've done your own thing and then people like it and then they want to um, pervert it for their own thing and then put a price tag on it. Now, that's commerce, that's the market, that's fine. I mean, yeah, things have to work that way. Right, but when you when everything people consume creatively, movies and books, is born from that, then you've just taken away, like, this, like, I don't know, like, the guts of, like, real, somebody really, and like, uh, J.D. Salinger refused his entire life to ever let, um, what's it called? Oh my god, it just slipped out of my brain. I just Catcher literally... in the Rye. Yes. Refused to let it be a movie, be a sequel or anything. Someone wrote a book or a, made a movie about it or did a sequel. I can't remember. In Sweden or something. And his lawyers were all over it. They changed some names and stuff. But it was obvious that it was the same. And he, until he was, until his dying day, was fighting that battle. Because it is what it is to him. It came from his... You know, that was it. Like... It's not a it's not a product for you to then like throw in the meat grinder and mix in a bunch of filler and like spread it out and then use the little bits to make more little bits and the more little JD Salinger babies everywhere just to sell it off because it is what it is. It is a unique thing. And the people who do these when we come a society where like every movie that comes out that the major that they're marketing trying mass, to make a franchise. Yeah, like you're marketing it. You're finding out what the people want first. And then you create it, then you're not creating anything except a money machine. You're just taking some fine. boxes, aren't you? Really? You're taking the boxes, and if it's entertaining, I've, I have no problem with that. That's not my that's not my issue. It's just that the idea that that is the way that's the way it should happen is what's bothering and, me. And let's say this isn't. I'm sure this is no great work of literature. It's like a it's a novel for people to have fun with. It's just a fun kind of thing, and so is the movie. It's no great, you know, epic <laughs> movie that you're going to look at. It's it's just a fun couple of hours, right? What would be an epic movie, you would say, and don't say Godfather, but I mean a movie that's like like a movie that is elevated in your mind above There's the sort lots. Of, There's lots. To me, Saving Intervention. Saving Private Ryan. Or Intervention. <laughs> that's TV show. Inception is one of those. Saving Private Ryan, I would instantly... Apocalypse Now. Um, yeah, but Saving Private Ryan is also very crowd-pleasing. It's made... 
Steven Spielberg knows how to make a movie. The master. The master. I can get behind Paul Thomas Anderson movies, definitely. Because they don't feel like they're made. They're not made. No, there's no, I'm making a franchise or, it's not that. It's a pure artistic thing. And I don't think Steven Spielberg is purely artistic. I think no, he makes I think movies he's a bit to of both, actually. please the masses and to make a lot of money. He just happens to be good at wrangling it all in. So I don't see his as elevated, really. Forrest Gump, maybe. Because it's just got that kind of high concept going on. But there again, that's also a crowd-pleasing Absolutely. Because it's, oh, it's just a, a fun It's movie. a crowd splitter. Yeah. I've, I've heard people, there truly is a thing of, like, Forrest Gump. Ugh. Or Forrest Gump, oh my god. Yeah. You know, that's like the two reactions you get. But this just re- this movie, this book, this story, the way it's made, it just seems like, you know, if you asked, if you on the streets or asked all of your friends who do watch movies, like movie watchers, not movie lovers, but movie watchers, they're going to like this way more than they would like Tree of Life. Tree of Life is challenging. Yeah, it's the lowest common denominator, though, isn't it? It's just entertainment. Right, but that's becoming the whole of it, almost. And that these other ones, you know, you got to go to film festivals and indie film festivals to find... Yeah, it's true. There are more blockbustery type things like this than there are, you know, serious films at the box office. It's just how it is, isn't it? It is. People just want to... I just don't want. In fact, this movie movie, um, actually encapsulates it. They're in the small town and they all go to the movie theater to watch a movie. And it's like this night out for everybody. Yeah. The movie's not actually what they're interested in, it's being in the theater with your friends and having a a laugh on a Friday night. Whereas he is your edgy, quote unquote, kind of boy who's got all the banned books because the church bans a bunch of books, the library bans the books. He's he got wants all to look the, outside of the... Yeah, he's got Catcher in the Rye on his wall, and he's seen Clockwork Orange. Naked and all Lunch. These naked Lunch. And so he's the fringe person, and those are the things that... I mean, think of the list in the last five years of things that are that challenging to people that I know of. Like, mask-marketed, I mean. That yeah. you don't have to really seek out. Like, there are lots of really awesome movies, I'm sure. Creative, film... Oh, there are lots of challenging shit. Yeah. yeah like, but The Master ha- is a challenging seek, movie. But that one you didn't have to seek out. It was mass... Produ- it was mass distributed. Yeah. I just don't want this to be the standard for young people who do want to write. To go, oh, all I have to do is figure out what's hot. And then, and then make my formula and then fill in all the words and then I'll sell it to a big movie studio and then I'll be a famous writer. Like, it just... And, you know, there is obviously a market for a movie like this because, sure. um, like I said, teenagers want to go out on a Friday night. They want to watch a, a cool movie that's not And I didn't not inter- enjoy it. I didn't not enjoy it. No, I didn't enjoy it. I, I enjoyed it. Yes, I enjoyed it. But I also felt a lot of, this is not for me, this movie. I mean, it's... Not speaking to me as a... Obviously not. It's not speaking to me. I can get behind a love story. Yep. You know? Um, but the love story's pretty ordinary, if I, aside from what she is. And it's written in that... It's put together in a way where it's like, I meet you, I'm in love with you. Yeah, it's very... Well, <laughs> so, he, he, before he even meets her. It's a hard sell. He's yeah, in love with I her. guess you're supposed to then use yeah. that as part of it. But it was a little bit of a bam, bam, bam for me. But... I'm not an idealist young lady. I've always been very cynical, and I've always been very skeptical. And so I think 
let's let's move to the cast here because yeah. I think the cast actually slightly elevates this movie, uh, and some of the performances I really liked. Um, so we've got Alden. I don't know how to say this guy's Einrich, name. Einrich, doesn't it? Einrich, right? I think so. Um, and he plays Ethan Waite, the main guy in the movie. And he's one of my favourite things of the movie, to be honest. I don't know who he is. Uh, it's the first time I've ever seen him. I kept getting him mixed up with somebody else. Um, I didn't like his accent so much. It was obviously not his accent. And every, a lot of people in this movie were doing this southern accent that um, was appropriate for the movie. But That is felt... challenging, to put up with accents that you know are not yeah, natural. Yeah, and there's a lot of bad ones here. Um but yeah, I like this kid. I thought he was pretty good. There were some really genuine scenes with him. Some really open moments, but then they got to be too campy. For yeah, me. it got very over emotional uh, with the love thing. Uh, like, and, and I'm not being a killjoy on the love thing, but it got. There were scenes where the music was swelling, and it was, it was like, oh my god, this yeah. is like I'm going to be sick in a minute. It's like that. Kind <laughs> I'm going. Of. I'm going to become diabetic in about five yeah. more scenes. But I, I liked him. Uh, I've never seen. It. I, I think he held. You know, he's the lead guy in the movie. I think he held the movie like. Um, I don't disagree with that in part, but I feel like he was not either cast the the character he's supposed to be isn't who we get like no, he's supposed to be this he's jock not edge, he's not hot yeah. jockey jock yeah jock he, that was kid. that was something that was throwing me a little bit but instead he's more of the outsider um non testosterone non uh, you know creative that. type maybe like, mm. different than... The- yeah, he's like a dreamer, but he's supposed to be, because she calls him Jock, yeah. and because he's supposed to, and the girls all like him, and he plays football. So I think the part that he's supposed to be playing, maybe from the book, isn't what we're getting, but what, oh I, what we're getting, of these two. I'm fine with. Yeah. It's just that I got the feeling he was supposed to be something different the whole time, you know, and... But I like he had certain moments that they, were really also good. the writing of the movie. They go in and out with um, like it's not very consistent his character. Like no. he's he's one thing and then he's like yep. dropped all that and then he like like they make it very clear how into all this um, traveling the, the band, traveling band books the the thing at the beginning when they're giving you a pro, you know profile of him basically, and then later on it it's almost like. Oh, I disagree, because he's always reading a book. He's always wanting a different book. Even at the library, he's reading different books. So I feel like they followed up with that, all right. But not the football part. Oh, that they did. The jock football guy. Just just, just once. Just when they training on this Yeah, it like, disappears, so. And when they were training on the pitch, I was like, look at these two guys. They're not the football yeah, guys. Yeah, and the snotty, bitchy, mean girl who supposedly liked him, and now yeah. they're not together. Like the cheerleader she would type. never, ever have even wanted to date him. If oh. he wasn't the jock football guy. So that, I don't know. That just was like, they wrote the part, he came out something different, and they just let him run with it, I feel like. and But I liked it. Parts of it. Parts I guess he had to run. appeal to the audience. <laughs> Which is the of, you and I. Of lots of people. <laughs> Which aren't the over 40 married couples. <laughs> so then there's Alice Engler to Lena Duchamp. And she is our main heroine uh, lady. Unfortunately... I didn't really like her, and part of it was her struggle with the accent, or or suppressing British. the British accent, yeah. and her, when she walked, she always wiggled really bad, like a... a little like bit a, too, um... It's almost like stagey sometimes, like you're on a big stage and everything you have to do is really big. I felt like that sometimes. And... I, 
Emma, Emmy Rossum, who plays her cousin in this, Ridley Duchamp, and she completely upstages all. Absolutely. And and that was the because point. her character yeah. requires this right to be big flamboyant, like. flamboyant and commanding and confident, whereas our girl is supposed to be sort of like closed up and afraid. So of then things. I had this um, this crisis of <laughs> I really like watching. Um, this, um, you know, Emmy Rossum's character. I like watching her. She's awesome. Like, I want her to be in it more. And then I'm like, I actually care about her more than I do <laughs> the main girl. Like, I actually want to see her. Absolutely. Because, you know, when they introduce her and she's driving down the road and she does that horrible thing. I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah. Okay, this she's... movie. I'm like, this movie now is getting some balls. That's good. Like, I like that. That's an evil thing. But that's a very did. small thing, like, that never really, you know... They it don't doesn't commit keep up to with that theme. Maybe yeah, they don't commit. Yeah, like, that's what we've mentioned before, that when a movie kind of tiptoes around a thing, like this one, she does that, and then you, you never... You know, me, writing a story, making a movie of a small town, you know, where you, you want to give the vibe of a very closed sort of yeah, community. Yeah, closed-minded as well. That happening, what we're talking about... Should have then been uh, somebody walking down the street and you hear people going, oh, did you hear about so-and-so or seen it on the news? It's mention. just nothing. And so they don't, they want to show you that she's horrible. Yeah. And then it, but then it disappears from your mind really fast. You need that thing that can, you know, follow up on it. So then. Then you're supposed to feel bad for her, which I felt more bad for her from her story. Yeah. And just the flashback. Than I did from our current lady. Which was actually good, because, yeah, she was... It was you, way better. Like, I, her story was so much I'm more thinking, interesting. You know, she's bad because she's, because of the, she uh, let it, the story. Yeah, place. and she let it totally, you know, it's almost as if no one was there to right. give her any choices, and she just let it take her over. But, see, I would rather have her movie. Yeah, so would I. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is really interesting. Maybe the sequel can be her movie. <laughs> <laughs> I um, don't want a sequel. So, uh, Jeremy Irons, who I really enjoyed, actually. I really like Jeremy Irons, and he was really having a good time He started off a little ropey. I think he was having he a really a good time. too much into... He got the... a terrible accent. He almost went New Orleans yeah. kind of accent, but they're not in New Orleans. But I could so... tell he was having a real fun with it. Like, like he saw the fun too. the movie. How yeah. many British people? We have three British people. Emma Thompson, yeah. And him and the girl. Yeah. Um, Violet. Or Viola, she's not British. No. So, yeah, I really like Jeremy Irons, and he also wears some awesome costumes, and I really like that scene in the church where he was walking Yeah, away. as we go on, I didn't like the first scene so much. No, with the piano. Yeah, it was kind of breaking me in, but then the other scenes subsequently I got more. I, I mean, I like Jeremy Irons. And, it, and it's to, so tongue-in-cheek, and it's Jeremy Absolutely. Irons, a real serious actor, and he's just having a laugh. I, I, I enjoyed that part. I'm not sure if he's having a laugh. I think he takes it very seriously. I, I do, but it's a fun thing to play, right? It's not... But you can I imagine can him sitting on the set and examining his motivation and the, the and this and the that so so then uh, we've got Viola Davis who plays Amma she's um it's she's Viola Davis yeah she's just always intense and just she's quite serious in this she's very she's the most if you plucked her out of this and put her in what would be a more realistic version of this type of tale she's the one who could go to that movie because yeah. she's more believable as a real life person caught up in a supernatural so actually thing. i was look. i was watching it and i was like wow this is i've not really seen viola davis like this you know it's an interesting i mean i've seen her do i mean i'm talking about the supernatural element part of it and i was watching it, i was going she'd be excellent in true blood viola davis in true blood 
She's too good for True Blood. I know she is. But I'm saying... Way too good. She would be, I could imagine her. But see, that's the thing. That would devalue her then. Then that would take away her... That's what I'm saying. Her seriousness is above all the camp. She takes it seriously, seriously. And then like. Emma Thompson plays Mrs. Lincoln. And she's having a complete ball. You can tell. Yeah, there are moments when I thought she was one of my... In that moment, I was in love with it. And then... Peripherally, different moments, not so much. Yeah, there's not enough of her, to Mm-mm. be honest. She's really good. I like her a lot. But, yeah, they really sparingly use her. It's almost like she's she wasn't there. No, actually, she's in it quite a lot. She's in the first thing with the sun, then in the church. Yeah, real small, she's... like, little scenes, like... That one with the guy is really long. What guy? In the church. When... Yeah, that's the, that's the scene I remember. Like, I only remember her three times properly, like, where Yeah, she's... but they're really long. They're, like, five or six, seven... Yeah, but we're talking two-hour movie here. Yeah. Right, but she isn't the main character or anything. No, but that's what I'm saying. I would have had more of her. Like she Basically, you would have more of everyone except the main girl. Is what you've said so far. You the main girl more. I don't not I don't dislike. You like Shameless, you like Emma Thompson, you yeah. like Irons. <laughs> but you don't you didn't say you want more of the main girl. And then Thomas Mann plays Link and he just he's just the best friend of uh, our hero and Very peripheral. Yeah, and like he you know, he's not built like a football player either. But he does a good job. I will give him that. Yeah. He has an interesting scene with, um... Mm -hmm. Shameless. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so this is directed... Shameless. (laughs) This is directed by Richard Lagravenze. Lagravenze. Sorry, Mr. Richard, I got your name wrong, probably. Lagravenze, I think is how they said it. Yeah. And he's the director of one other film, and that's Freedom Writers with Hilary Swank, which was actually quite a good movie. I enjoyed it. Um... Mm. it, It was an MTV movie, I believe. Not for MTV TV, but made by MTV. But it was a... That explains a lot. Yeah. His vision of things is very product-oriented. And that one was, too. It just happened to have a totally different... It's like an inspirational movie, Freedom Writers. Based on a real thing. But very sparing with the creativity. Right. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Bare bones, yeah. Yeah. And fairly low... You know, it's not... It's... Almost like a made-for-TV movie. That's how it, how it feels to that me. That one, still. Freedom Writers. Yeah, Freedom Writers. This one did this have special, good special effects, though, sometimes. I think sometimes, but not all the yeah. time. There was some really, like, oh my god, what's going on there? It's like, it doesn't look very You had to blur your eyes a little bit that, uh, and go... Da, 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 da. Yeah. And the yeah. spinning table, I was like, oh my god, this is like I'm watching a really bad TV Disney movie. Like a low-grade TV Disney movie where there's... Battle of the Witches. I had the vibe spinning of, the table. Yeah, around. like yeah, really, like a uh, bewitched or something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like there was moments of that, wasn't there, where you're like, okay, this that's is why I'm kind of really... glad they cut out the party scene because that kind of over the top bewitched it up. Do you know? I don't mean to use bewitch as a verb, even though bewitch is a verb, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. So they bewitched it up. Um, funnily enough, this picture here looks like it was took, took from Twilight. If you look at the cover of the, the original Twilight, that tells it actually you a lot. looks like that picture. That tells you a lot, doesn't it? It really does. And if you if you squinted, they might look like the people from Twilight. Since I don't have my glasses on, they do look yeah, like the people really, from Twilight. Yeah, it's really, that's a, that's a, ooh, wow, you know, like, marketing guy, do that, because the Twilight audience will come to this. Which is, yeah. Is there like, is this like, no, oh, I'm going to sound like a billion other people in the past, but is it like... The dawn of the end, and it's not, I'm just full of shit, but like the dawn of the end of actual creativity. 
I got it. It can't be. I got to. You've definitely got to look at the back cover when you get this movie. If you get this movie, it definitely looks like Twilight. And it also says there's a quote from somebody that says, "Twilight's forbidden love story with the enthralling storytelling of the Hunger Games." Can you just say the name of two other movies? <laughs> That other people, that go, other oh, people might. Yeah, it's just like Twilight and the Hunger Games. Okay, I'm going I'm to in. buy it. I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> see what I'm saying? So yes, yeah. That you know, there'll be people listening to this going, "What are you bitching about?" Oh, I'm not actually. No, I mean, fully. like, why? So what? So what? I would like. And watch, I can see. I want to watch 50 movies like Twilight. What are you talking about? And this is for you. <laughs> this movie. Without well, if you're 50, I would hope not, but. So there are a bunch of special features, none of them particularly notable. There are some deleted scenes, which are interesting, Yeah, they but shouldn't be in the movie. No, I disagree. I think the party one, even though it to me it camped it up more, it, shouldn't it be in explains... The movie. Yeah, it should have, because it explains something that she said, I'm here to meet with the family for the party. Yeah. And then yeah. there never was a party because no, no, no. they got it out. So if you if you were paying attention, you notice I was like, "Is this it? Five people at the table is the party?" So yeah, there's there's um, deleted scenes. There's a the-, the theatrical trailer, and there's a bunch of these like behind the scenes things. But I hesitate to say they're behind the scenes because they're <sighs> promotional. Yeah, like, like the month that it's on HBO, that's what they play two hours ahead of time to say tonight on HBO. It's just blah, 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 blah. and all up. of them are that the inside look they call them, but they're not an inside look. They're just there's a very 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 small like interview with like the yeah. the authors of the book, and then one with the director, and a couple of those obligatory shots of on the set with the with the director behind the camera. That's it. Like it's really not going to fill in any gaps for you. you. I guess it's like okay, if you go to a really small restaurant where they hand make everything and it, like they've got the kitchen so you can see them hand making everything, and it's interesting because it's like wow, they're hand making the pasta, they're home making everything from scratch. It's fascinating. It's creative. It's interesting. If you were to go to I don't know, a pasta making factory. It's it's got a tiny bit of interest, right? But once you've seen the vats of shit and the big massive machines, it's not as interesting as you thought. That's how this would be. It's not that interesting to look behind the scenes. Not really. Of this massive massively commercial factory made movie versus maybe watching an indie movie where it's like, you know, some directors though, they like to show you everything they do, like every step along the way. Yeah, I feel like when we watch the extras for Jack Reacher, Tom Cruise always likes to show you shit. Like, like I right. Feel, and even yeah. though it's a big commercial movies, yeah, it's still interesting to watch him at work. Or I, I find. I feel like there's more create. I don't know. Maybe I'm hung up on creativity today. But anyway, um, beautiful creatures. It's out on Blu-ray. Um, Why is it called Beautiful Creatures? By the way, I actually don't know that either. Uh, obviously, I kept the thinking book, obviously the book's called fit. that. No, it doesn't really. Um, no one mentions it. No one says that unless these it's are... later on in the books or something. Yeah, but I need. I'm not. I mean, yeah, they're the beautiful books. ladies. I mean, the 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 girls are attractive. And there's nothing like. There's no beautiful magic going on. No. Maybe the book has more. Maybe it should be called beautiful casters. But then it sounds like something you push around. Like <laughs> that's what just cast piece of furniture like that you're pushing around. They have like on the cover of like a close above a foot of a chair with a roller yeah. underneath it. So, um, in conclusion, and a lightning bolt. This movie's not for me. 
I had some fun. I, wanted I got to en- a little bored. I wanted to enjoy honest. it. I, I wasn't bored. I got I a little to bit enjoy bored two times. More. I got a little bit like, uh, but I it, I snapped out of it pretty quick. But I just wanted to enjoy it a bit more than I did. And then I always feel a bit let down because, like, I'm like, oh, well, I I'm open minded. I like all kinds of movies. I had no expectations, so I can't. No, let I didn't down. see the trailer or anything like that. So I knew who was in it. But looking at the cover, that was the kind of it. I shouldn't say that. My expectations are not with movies individually. My expectations are Saturday's movie day. We'll be watching a movie on our nice, you know, setup that we have. That expectation raises every movie for me. That I'm going to be spending two to three hours in this nice comfy chair and watching this awesome movie or an awesome something or some... We're getting to watch a big movie in our house, you know, and then talk about it. That's my expectation. So then when the movie doesn't fit with that, that might be... But not the movie itself. I wasn't going, oh, Beautiful Creatures is going to be so awesome. It was like... No, because we're not the audience for it. But I've never even. I would really recommend it, it to the audience that it's. It depends. Made for. It wouldn't have been my kind of movie when I was that age necessarily. No, but I'm thinking, not to be cliched on what it says on the back of that box, but if you like Twilight and those type of movies, this might not be as good as far as I know. I've not watched Twilight, but it's the vibe of that. I mean, it's it's a romantic, supernatural story. Yeah, but that doesn't mean everyone who likes that will like it. That should it. be the cover box. It's a romantic supernatural story. That's like saying, because you like Fast and Furious, you like Torque or Biker Boys. Hmm. You know, racing vehicles really fast. But you don't, just don't because know. you like Fast and the Furious. So, yeah, I can't... <laughs> like I can't Fast actually. and the Furious is mysterious to me to begin with, but whatever. <laughs> I can't actually compare it. I didn't. I do have a young lady at work who made it very clear this last week. She loves Fast and the Furious movies. Like, loves That's because them. We, live our mi- we live our lives a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> that's that's um, the quote from the superb I Vin figured, Diesel. <laughs> Vincent Diesel. <laughs> and I like number three, which is so removed from all the others. And she's like, oh, that's the only one I don't like. So there, there, that's how I fit This in is it. my take on Fast and the Furious. Gu- guilty pleasure, absolutely, right? They're, they're totally, completely stupid. She rewatches them. Do you rewatch them? I have, right. and I actually felt like I wanted to the other day as well, so I might soon. Um, they're stupid, really, really. Sh- the low common denominator, really. But something I like cars. <laughs> that's what she said. Yeah, <laughs> that's what she said <laughs> for real. And um, you know, I'm not, I'm not in love with Paul Walker and Vin Diesel at all. Like, I don't really want to see them in anything else. They're fine in that, and that's it. And that last one, Fast Five, where, we, where it turned into a heist movie, well, yeah. it completely, I thought that was great that they did that. Cause you like heists. It turned it into a, it, there was more to the movie. Oh, than, so if you like heists, then you probably love Tower Heist. No. Correct. Or Heist, the movie. So um, thank you to Warner Brothers for Beautiful Creatures. Uh, you can go and enter a contest if you want to go and win uh, some movies. We've got some movie... Uh, Who isn't Warner Brothers? If Warner Brothers has a time machine... In which we can go back to our teenage years for future young adult movies. That would be awesome. It might improve the... Uh... Yes. <laughs> so if they want to send that to us, the time machine, uh, and the movies, that would be awesome. Uh, so next week's uh, Blu-ray review will be Dark Skies. That was going to be this week's, but I got them confused and that ended up being this one. So Dark Skies will be next week's Blu-ray review. Um, the new movie game. It's not new anymore. The movie game. 
Uh, it is called Movie Year. We play it at this point in the show, and what happens is we just play with each other. You can play along at home if we you just like. play with each other. Play it We're married other. to each other, by the way. In case anyone's listening for the first time and doesn't know this because we haven't told them, we're married to each other, so we can play with each other all we want. Including and you can play with us too. No. No, no, no. When did this come around? We <laughs> never mentioned this for the last 13 years. So... Movie year. What is it? What get what? Movie what year is. You say movie. I definitively tell you what year it was made, because my mind is an encyclopedia of movies, and I'm always right. I say a movie, and you often guess the wrong year. That's how this game goes. <laughs> I, can't, I can't see your cursor, so I can't. What do, do you it. mean? It's right here. Uh, and what do you want to look at? My movie year. Right. But without you looking at it? I don't look at it. I think I know what it is, and I think I know... You know, you don't look at it. I'm not. Did I do it? Yeah. All right. I'm good with the computer. All right. So, on the theme of this movie, Twilight. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. And remember, there are four or five of Mm -hmm. them. 2009. You're one year wrong. <laughs> 2008. <laughs> <Correct>. <laughs> they made a lot of them in a space of small time, though. In a short space of time, they made a Don't look. I'm not looking. I can't even see that. Okay. Small time. I can't either. The movie is Casablanca. Casablanca. That is 1946. That would be my guess. Is that your guess? Yes. It's also a little bit of trivia. Best movie of the year at the Oscars. It was not 1946. Am I close? Fairly close. Are you done guessing? Yeah. There's just one guess. That's what you I didn't know there were rules to this game. 1943. Ah, see? Before the war. Before the, you know. Not before the war, but yeah. 1943. I was close. Casablanca, to me, seems like a 1930s movie. I've never seen it. Me. I've never seen Casablanca. I've seen it. I have a collection of movies that are... Blind spots. Infamous. I call them blind spots. Whatever. Somebody else probably calls it that, right? I don't know. I, that's what I always call them. Like, I just did not partake in them. Twilight is is one of them. Like You're comparing Twilight with Casablanca? No, I'm talking about cin- like cinematic blind spots where... But Harry that's po- nothing, though. Harry Potter, I never put, partake in any of that. And that yeah, was but like, they're not... No, I'm not saying... I'm not talking about quality. I'm talking about oh. things that are out there and popular and just didn't... Right. I feel like that's a little different than, like, saying I haven't seen Casablanca or or Citizen Kane or Clockwork Orange or something like that. Those are, you know... So you're talking about classics. Well, classics to somebody. But, yeah, I literally have not seen Harry Potter movies and not seen... You've seen the first one. Twilight movies. I've seen about 20 minutes of the first one. Oh, really? Not all of it. I don't know why. I just didn't see all of it. It Those first two are pretty good, I must say. And did you see all the others? No. I think I saw three. I've seen one on HBO, right? And this was what this was my Harry Potter experience. It was probably like the fourth movie, and I saw like twenty minutes in the middle of it. Gary Oldman was in it, and it made no sense to me because I had no. I was like, oh yeah, uh. Prisoner of Azkaban. It was. I think if you'd watched it for another five minutes, you would have got it all. You would have figured it all out. <laughs> it's, not, <laughs> it's not that. It's not like highbrow or anything. All right, so uh, movie. Uh... I know there's a lot of detail though in Harry Potter. You know, if you aren't in it from the beginning. Yeah, you need to be. Yeah, you're right. Like like Doctor Who. You need to know it to... Appreciate, appreciate it. it. Absolutely. 
So, uh, movie recommendations this week. I am going with two movies based on beautiful creatures. On, you know, movies I would recommend to you. Not apart from beautiful creatures, but as well as. And my first one is Jennifer's Body, which is another high school supernatural But more entertaining movie. to me. I like Jennifer's one. Body much better than this, but there again, it's actually a lot more graphic and gritty gritty than this is but not super gritty it also is quite campy at times it is campy as in uh, and my second one's true blood which i already said earlier which also fits yeah and that's the extreme end of it being full of sex and violence because that really is full of that stuff without a lot of substance right and it's kind of campy and it's kind of you're you're watching it sometimes going why do i even watch this it's titillating but I still want for the to see what sake happens. of it. Yeah. Even though the beginning wasn't, I didn't think. It, it, got, it, got it definitely got worse as it went on. Yeah. And mine are Harry Potter movies in general. Because if you're going for, for me, I was more entertained by the first three Harry Potter movies. Not, not in love with them or anything, but I really did enjoy the adventure the world that was created, and I was sucked into it. And it wasn't from it was one of those that wasn't talking to me. But for some reason, I I never read any of the books either. But I feel like it was more consistent, and I don't know. I got when I get through with the first one, for example, I was just like, I do want to see some more of this, and that's very rare. So I think Harry Potter is a good one for magic and a whole world that's created where it's like you've got reality on one hand and the complete fantasy world on the other where you've got the secret fantasy world. That's a theme, isn't it, when you think about it? True. Even True Blood. The vampires are a secret. Harry Potter is a secret. Hogwarts is a secret. It's, I'm sure Twilight. No, Twilight, they're all on the open, aren't they? I think so. I don't know. Oh, no, in True Blood, they're not a secret, are they? They just haven't no, taken over the world. No, people are not a secret. No. Right. In fact, um, it's not a secret at all. And my other one is, because me, when I was a 16-year-old girl, 16 Candles did capture my imagination. Every single scene. And it's not supernatural. Every single line. Every single joke. Everything about it. I still can tell you, if I watched it right this minute, I would be just as entertained. So, is that just that that was my mind as a teenager, and if I'd watched it now, and never had seen it, would I be rolling my eyes at it the way I kind of did at this I one? think Ferris Bueller was my... Um, oh, Ferris Bueller's a good And one. Weird Science. And those, weird yeah. Science is one of those that mixes the weird and the... Campy. As a teenage boy, those were kind of like... Yeah. You know, they speak to you in some way, yeah. even though they're silly. These like. two boys made a woman. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh-huh. she turned the brother into big fat job of the hut blob dude third creature <laughs> Bussy. that was the guy from aliens by the way in case you didn't know and yeah, from twister well not everybody knows that twister bloke <laughs> was in a movie called uh, weird science so those are my recommendations all right so games and a scully stuff so this week something really huge happened on the video game front and i've heard so much about it i'm almost sick of it myself but really Really? But I definitely want to... Sp- I would have to say that with that statement, I can identify probably 500%. Are you talking I've told you about it too much? <laughs> Not too much. I'm oh, no, you listen to the podcast probably, right? I've listened to it a lot. I would say in the first five minutes I was done with it, but... Right, so the so Microsoft on Tuesday um, did a press conference to before E3, and they did this on live TV this time, on Spike TV, so they... We're telling the world that they've got a new Xbox. And the name of the new Xbox is Xbox One. 
So I don't actually have to buy one because I've got an Xbox One in the garage in a box. So I'm pretty good. The joke wasn't directed at me, right? Because <laughs> I think they're all lame at this point. Um, so, I'm just saying. So what is of interest with this uh, new console that they've announced um, is there are some interesting points. Um, mostly, everybody's been mostly negative. <gasps> I'm shocked. No, I'm saying, I, I, I'm just saying, like, every, everybody's been mostly negative. And this was, like, to me, reading the backwash after it. Because Sony's PS4 thing, when they announced the PS4 just a few months ago, it was very positive after it. People were, wow, this is the second coming of, you know, this is amazing. Like, Sony or the fourth coming of PlayStation. Right. So, this time, with the Xbox, I just saw complete negativity immediately. And I think what the problem was was Microsoft gave away the... De- they showed you the console. I mean, you saw you saw the conference with me. You get to see the new console. They talk about it in detail. They tell you how much RAM is in it. They tell you the hard drive, all that stuff. But a lot of the inner working details, they didn't tell you in this press conference. So then I was kind of glued to the press straight after where, you know, the press can start doing asking them things. And there was a lot of... And I think this is where Microsoft kind of slipped up. But there was a lot of... We're not, we don't really have details on that yet. Which seems really shady. Like, because they were asking legitimate questions. And one of the questions was... Does this console have to be online all the time? Because there was rumours of that. And you didn't really address it. And then they were like... Well... you, you read, we, I, I read you the actual frequently mm-hmm. asked question. And you can read it three or four times. Here's what it said. It does not have to be online all the time, but to be online is required. Right. So you can read that line. <laughs> so if you can hear that, it makes sense of right. that. Right. So read that line three or four times, and it's right up there on Xbox.com. You can read it ten times and still not really understand what it means, right? It doesn't mean anything. It's... It doesn't have to be online, but to be, but it's required that it's online. Right. So it doesn't matter to me. We have online and, like... To me... Maybe that means, like, you do have to have an internet connection plugged into it. Because it's going to need updates and whatnot. Right, and I But get for you to play your games constantly, it does not have to be online right, but, at all times. But maybe it means that. That's the yeah. problem. So Microsoft failed to tell exactly what the deal is. And now what it came out to be later, after people saying, what is it? And them saying, well, we've already explained it. Go and read the frequently asked question. And then them coming back and saying... Your frequent ask question doesn't really tell me anything. What really does it mean? Later, they got to speak to an architect from Microsoft who designed the thing. What it boils down to is, yes, it does have to be online once every 24 hours for it to work. What do you mean for it to work? Like, online... Like, it does this check every 24 hours with your internet connection. And it checks whether... Your account is up to date. You're paying for Xbox Live. You have the games that it says you have. You're not like trying to pirate games in some way or whatever. The games that are on the system are the games that you have logged into your account. It does this check every day. What now, if I buy games and I don't log them in? I just play them. Well, you have to when you plug when you put the game in. It asks for a key and then it installs it to the hard drive. If there's something on your hard drive that's not supposed to be there when it does this check every day, that's when it's going to shut your account down. So. It has this draconian, like, what do you call it? Aurelian yeah. <laughs> type big brother Very. thing going on. Which is worrying to me. Not in this case, because I have the internet. 
Um, and, you know, we have the internet and we use it for all kinds of things. And people are saying, well, Steam. Well, Steam actually has a similar kind of thing. You have to log into your Steam account for it to all work properly and be on the internet. It's it's just one of those things now. You don't have to, because it asks you, do you want to play offline? It does, but then updates don't work and save games don't work properly. You know, there is a reason to be online on Steam, uh, you know, for it to work properly. But what I'm worried about with this, and I'm not worried about, oh, we're not online, what do we do? There's There's a few things. One thing is... When this console reaches end of life, for instance, and they don't support it anymore. Now, I've got old consoles in the garage that of, you know, GameCube, Dreamcast, old Wii. I can go down there now and get the Dreamcast, plug it into the TV and play all the games I bought, right? I think you should. Yeah, and there's no problem, is there? I can go and get the GameCube and we can play Resident Evil. It's not... It's, we paid for it. It's there. We go and play it. The problem I have with the Xbox or, and the PS4, maybe, they've not announced it yet, but it's probably has the same kind of deal, is we fill the hard drive with games that we buy off their store, and then in years to come, they stop supporting it because they're onto Xbox 35 or whatever. And then I go down to the garage and pull the Xbox One out because we're having a Dreamcast moment. Like, we just want to drag that out and play an old game. And it's, it doesn't work because there's no... Like, none of it works. Servers are done. Don't even have a pile of games, do I? Because they're all on the drive. It's like, it's a different... I'm worried about that more than... Buying games day to day. You know, I buy Steam games. I've got a bunch of Steam games. Hundreds of them. If Steam went out of business, could I play them? I don't know. It's it's the same thing, right? We're in this kind of weird... I bet that's in their FAQ. Yeah. If Steam were to go out of business, will I still be able to play all the games that I bought? And it's probably... There probably isn't... You're probably not. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's like but. they've slowly acclimated most of you people, gamer people, to this idea that... Like what Shipwreck said on the CADcast. And he seems to accept it, even though he's a hoarder person. I actually don't accept it. That you're buying a... You're paying for a license to play a title. For you're a certain amount buying, of time. Mm, they didn't say that, but I mean, you're just paying for the right to play it. You're not buying it. You don't own that game. You're paying. It's like you're going to the movie theater to watch a movie. Now, just because you pay your seven dollars doesn't for the mean. Game. Yeah, you're not getting to take that movie home with you. You don't own it. You've just bought a movie ticket. Yeah, and that's exactly. my problem because you know I. But they've slowly got you around to that idea, and we're not talking about spending ten bucks. We're talking about people handing over seventy dollars for something that's non-existent. Well, it's going to be sixty-nine ninety-nine. Let's be honest. Think so. Okay. I think it's going to be 59 Okay. And you all said it would never be 60 and now it is. So I'm telling you, that's the next t- step. See, and the other problem I have with the Xbox One, it actually looks like a great machine. they got some interesting ideas. They did talk a lot about television, and you can plug... It's got HDMI in, so you can plug your cable box into it and then it into the TV. Now, we don't have a cable box because we use Netflix and downloadable shows. We don't have cable TV. We don't actually... So none of that is of interest to me. They announced NFL. How I, about, though, if Netflix is on there and you can use it that way? Netflix is on there, but right. you have to pay an Xbox Live subscription to use it. I always hated that on Xbox. Wow. You have to pay the $50 a year to use Netflix. Not just use Netflix, but to but play. But it's, part of, it's yeah. behind the paywall. Like it's, be, it's not for the free members. It's for the premium members, which doesn't make sense. Because you're yeah. paying Netflix. And every other device that I mean, Netflix I guess Xbox, you know, Microsoft has to have a team who maintains that application, so that's Yeah, fair but PS3, PS3 has Netflix for free. 
You don't need the Wii to. had it for free. The Wii had it for free. Our TV has it for free. The, the tablet the PC has it for free. Has it for free. The, Android has it everything for free. has it for free. But Microsoft, right? We, we, you know, it's weird. It's weird actually because Windows 8 has Netflix for free. Yet it's still because the, the deceptive part of that is you can sell a box on those kinds of things and then people realize, oh, yeah, oh I you have need to that pay live thing. Yeah, yeah. so now I get. And I, I just I spent five hundred dollars. So. Yes, it has all these things. It has NFL. I, I'm not a sports do you person. Think they're trying to do quality, um, like value added things, so they can sell. So it sounds better than well, just m- the, playing games. The reason it's called Xbox One is it your is one because it's, thing. you just need one. You just need this one thing, and it's your TV, it's your gaming, it's your music, it's your. But everything. again, like Shipwreck said, I believe it's him. They're they're pretending like people don't own anything else. Like, people yeah, don't exactly. have anything else. They're not they invested have, in anything like else. Like, GBD has the Apple, Apple TV. Yeah, yeah, and, like, we have our setup where there is no cable TV at all. So um, we, and, and we've and, got our Xbox. And, and I'm also got, invested in the PS3 in a way. And Yeah, we've got everything we need on yeah. these other devices. They're all plugged into the TV. If I want to watch Netflix on the television, it's there. On the Xbox, it's there. On the PlayStation 4, it's there already. So for them to act like I don't own anything that does it, like, like oh, they're, hey. saying, they're almost like saying, get rid of everything you've got, and this is it. Right. Or just acting like we don't, oh, you don't have anything. Right. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're aiming it at this, you know, always connected, you know, this will be your cable box, basically. That's what they want it to be. All that does not interest me in the slightest. I'm a video gamer, really. I, I mean... Watching streaming video, I can already do on, on our TV. <laughs> I don't Plus, need to do that. Plus, is it going to be noisy? Because I don't want to sit there listening. It's not going to be noisy. They say it is silent. There's no evidence of that, but they say it's actually silent. I can imagine it is. Have you seen the size of the thing? It's huge. It's it's a big box. It's not huge. It's uh, it's the size of a DVD player rather than the size of a console. So it should have enough cooling in it. I mean, it should be able to have a big fan that is quiet, like a PC. Um, it's got a Blu-ray drive, so you can watch Blu-ray movies, which I thought would never we'd never see the day that the Blu-ray drive appeared in the Microsoft console, because they now have to pay Sony for every one they, they put in there. Um, so yeah, it can do everything. The games are going to look incredible, but they didn't show us any games. They showed us like a trailer for a game. But that's for E3. Yeah, exactly. I can't really pass judgment on the games yet. No price for it. No, No, nothing really. Not a lot of details. It was more... This is the box. It's black. It's square. The controller looks like your old controller, but we changed a couple of things. You saw that. They, they put rumble in the triggers as well as in the body of the controller. Now, personally, I don't know how that will affect anything. Maybe like when you're shooting a gun, it'll feel different. Right. Um, it's not a game-changing type thing for me. Like The PS4's controller has a touchscreen, like the Vita. Where you, that is kind of more interesting to me. Some, but even that sounds gimmicky. Um, I think we have to wait for E3 to talk more about the Xbox One, but you know, I'm excited for video game stuff, always. And they haven't sold me yet. Like, I'm I'm actually going to buy a console this year, probably, right? I'm, I'm the I'm the market for a console, right? Um, you're above them. You know, you're outside of their range. Right, but I'm definitely... A, I think 18 to 36 is the... Right, but I'm definitely. I I would buy one of their. I'm going to buy a machine, and I'm leaning towards the PS4. But they're not trying to sell you because you think about what you're doing. The 18 to 36 are the ones who will just buy shit if you sell it to them hard enough. Right. 
But from what I saw no in that conference and what I saw in the PS4 conference, the features that the PS4 are pushing, which are the gaming features, which I told you about, linking up with the Vita, being able to play all the games on your Vita wherever you are, PS4 games. Um, the PS4 does that thing where it records all your gameplay all the time. You can send clips up to YouTube or Facebook or you can invite your friends into your games to watch you play and maybe go into your friends' games to help them play. All that, all but you those. You can't features. compare because you don't know yet about about the Xbox One because they haven't told you about the gaming side yet. They haven't told you about the gaming side yet. I'm saying those features sound interesting, and if they were going to try and sell me in this conference, they should have included some of that too. But they're not. They're going to sell you to. Okay, this is how my interpretation. Gamers are like, you're never talking to us, Xbox people. You don't talk to us. We're the hardcore gamers. We don't want to hear about soccer moms and TV. We want to hear about video games. It's like every single year, a bunch of spoiled brats. And I forgot like, to like me, 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 me. It's so funny. I forgot to like, mention the connect. In I'm this not equation. insulting you, but you do kind of the same thing, like the whole game split soccer mom thing. You know, I couldn't give a crap about the connect. That's why I didn't mention it. But yes, you get you get. I wasn't a con- talking about that either. I'm talking about just that no, they're I'm not, they're not giving me enough information because I'm the gamer. No, I was just saying that I'm. I didn't mention the connect because um, you don't care about because it. Because I don't care. But you do get a connect with the Xbox now. It's not a sex it's not XX. It's not an accessory. It's just in the box. So you get the connect. And it's not the old connect, it's a new connect. That's a 1080p connect. It can be used for Skype video calls and it's actually a connect as well. I don't care about the connect at all. Better or worse, I wouldn't pay for it. I wouldn't buy the games. You can tell you this, it won't sit on our TV. No, it wouldn't. It's big. Not only wouldn't, it's not going to, no matter what. I mean, it would sit underneath the TV. That's where you not. put it. You mean on the shelf beneath Yeah, it. you can put it... Not on the shelf with... Nothing goes on that shelf. It can go beneath I'm it. I'm just saying it. You can fit... You can put it anywhere. Right. I'm not the only woman in the world who will say, you're not putting that shit on my TV. I wouldn't put it there anyway, but you have to. You have to. And that's that's another thing. It has to be plugged in for the Xbox to turn on. So they're, they're forcing the Kinect on you, essentially. Um... I don't know if they're well, going Well, it's just part of their product. Well, no. They're forcing the Connect onto every customer. No, what I mean is now it's part of their product. Right. It's not an accessory anymore. It's like a controller. It is. And I think that's a bad move. And I know most people who bought the Connect don't like it. Like... Yeah, but that's the first one. This is, like, improved. Yeah, but they always overpromise on these things. Sure. And I imagine this one's also slightly overpromised because... They, all the journalists who went and looked at it this week at Redmond said they showed it us behind the scenes, but it was very controlled. Like, they showed it us. We couldn't do it. Right. Which, which rings so a bit of a... So people knew how to get it to do what they wanted it to right, do. Right, exactly. So it's like somebody piloting the ship perfectly instead of, like, just throwing somebody on it and letting them <laughs> mess with it. That always worries me a little bit, because that's how they did with the Kinect. They showed you these professional people doing it, and then when people got it, they were like, hey, it's not like that. It's not exactly like that. It doesn't work properly. Um, so, yeah, it's the Xbox One. It's coming out this fall. That is something that's set in stone. They have said it is out this fall. We'll see more in two weeks when the uh, E3 comes around. The second thing I've been doing this week is playing Fast and the Furious Showdown. <laughs> yes, the Fast and the Furious 6 Came out in the movie theatres this week, so along with that is the obligatory game. It is quite possibly, and this is no joke, 
The worst Don't game. Don't exaggerate. Not exaggerating. The worst racing game I have ever played. It is shit in with a capital S. I mean, it is. I said to you, it looks like there's a version on the tablet as well, which I downloaded for free, by the way. The tablet version. The one on the Xbox is forty nine ninety nine. Oh my god! <laughs> the free version on the tablet is actually a lot more fun than the one that costs money, which is weird. Um, so then, ter- why did you buy it? I uh, did not buy it. <laughs> I rented it. But what I'm, what I'm saying is, was it worth it, the rental? No. No, that's even worse. So like, it's like um, if it's not even worth five dollars. So none of the. The, all the people from the movie are in it, but none of the voice actors. So it's people pretending to be them all. Right, all of them. Oh, pretending even. Like trying to sound like yeah, them? Oh, yeah, yeah. dear. Really badly. Paul Walker doesn't sound like anything specific. No, but his character in the game doesn't sound like him at all. So, and Tyree... Not, not Tyrese. It's Tyree... Yeah, Tyrese. It, it's very... It's almost racist, the voice. It's bad. Um, the game's terrible. It's like a driving game where they forgot to like put any fun in it whatsoever. Like when it comes to taking a corner and you have to turn, the car just goes straight. Like, and I'm not exaggerating. What what actually happens is because the steering is so bad, is you use the barrier to get around a corner. You're just like, oh well, just smash into the barrier. Oh, that's fine. Me. That's how I always do racing games. It's garbage. <laughs> it's complete garbage. And it's, I said to you. Fast and the Furious, it's a really cool movie franchise. It makes it's lots of money. It's the obvious choice to make an excellent franchise of games. You just need somebody who makes a good racing game to get the Fast and the Furious license and make a good racing game. It's crazy that just they get it. Just slap it over to... Need for Speed or something. That Need for Speed last year, Need for Speed The Run, which wasn't a particularly good Need for Speed, you know, it was Need for Speed at its lowest point, um, would have made a better Fast and the Furious game. <laughs> right. I mean, because that would have been like an exceptional... Like that franchise over yeah. the top of it. Yeah, it's weird, really, that that they let the license of Fast and the Furious, which is obviously huge, makes millions of dollars, just slap it onto some... It's because it still makes millions of dollars because nobody cares about the quality. They're going to buy it anyway. Yeah, they will, yeah. and But that is a, absolutely no way to run a video game. It's Activision. They're renowned for making really shitty movie games... I don't ever trust them. I would never buy one, sight unseen. You know, it's crazy. It's it, So, yeah, it's just garbage, and they just... It's on the shelf this week. It's got Fast and the Furious written on it. People have just come out of that movie, and they've got, they're have got they all hyped up. Sure. And they pick it up and buy it, and they're tricked into to it. That Star Trek game that came out the other week, tied in with the movie, garbage, the same story. It's just preying sure. on the people who are into Star Trek or into Fast and the Furious that week. Oh, and they're just they're just the perfect worlds to create a good game in. Both of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my other piece of news this week is I have two monitors on my desk. Got them. Um, you do not. Not anymore. Um, how many How many are broken now? Just the two. And that's the, well. It's been the third. The second time for one of them. So you've had five. This will be the fifth one you've had altogether. Right, so these are those Sony PlayStation 3D monitors um, I bought uh, on Black Friday last year. They just keep failing on me, and I'm not doing anything wrong with them. They just sit on my desk, I play games and stuff, and they just stop working. Maybe that's working. why they were so cheap on the day. I think so. Um, I would. I. They don't make them anymore. You can't buy them anymore. I mean, you like them as they are. The they're really nice. Good, yeah. They're a nice set. They're a nice picture. They, they, it's Sony. 
Yeah, they work well. They're the 3D. The 3D is nice. Look at my two monitors. My hand-me-down monitors from you. They're both fantastic. Different sizes. I don't give a shit. Uh, but they're fantastic. Never break down. Never, never. No, I know. But, but this, these, there's something wrong with these Sony monitors. And it's something to do with the power supply. And what happens is they just stop working. Th- this one just... I, I can turn it on and the red light flashes on the front and nothing happens. I immediately contact Sony and they say, yep... We'll send you a box. You do have good customer service if you have a Their customer service is fantastic if you are in warranty. I mean, it's literally you... I get on the online chat. I don't even phone them up. I don't wait. I don't even have to wait 10 seconds. Somebody appears, says, what's the problem? I tell them. They say, what's your email address? I give it them. All of a sudden, a thing arrives and it says, please wait a few days and you'll get a box in the mail. A box arrives via UPS. You stick the monitor in. You send it back. They send you another one. It's very simple, very fast. You know, they have been really good in that way, but I wish they would... They obviously know something's wrong, I think. They're yeah. just waiting for the warranty to run out. Just like the Xbox 360. Yeah, and when the warranty runs out, then... They kick you to the curb. Well, I'm not going to pay to have it fixed, so I'm going to get something else out at that point. Yeah. And then they're done with it. That's pretty pricey. Two That's- new monitors. That's what's going to have to happen, though, isn't it? Because these aren't lasting. Unless I, this one here, the one I've got on my desk that has been repaired by Sony, has been lasting all right. I'm hoping it doesn't give out this week, so I don't have any. So, um, I'll loan you one of mine. The other thing I've been, uh, I, I won a contest on the internet, and uh, I won a new keyboard, the Razer um, Black Widow 2013 Ultimate Edition keyboard, which is a really long name for a uh, really cool keyboard, but it's a um, Mechanical keyboard. I can see it glowing green from here. Yeah, and it's a backlit mechanical keyboard. And if you don't know what a mechanical keyboard is, most keyboards that you type on... Here, let me tell you. Click a 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 click Right, that's not the full explanation. I know, but that's... People will be like, oh, one of those. I was going to say, can I type without affecting this program? Probably. Probably not. This is what they sound like. That's a mechanical keyboard in action. And do yours. Oh, no. It's not really the same kind of... Probably sounds the same on the microphone. Yeah, so... What the difference is with a mechanical keyboard is every single key on the keyboard is a separate electrical switch. Whereas on a normal keyboard, it's a rubber mat with a bunch of contact points underneath the rubber mat. And when you press the plastic key... It stabs the rubber mat and, and makes the contact appear. On a mechanical keyboard, it's an actual physical light, like a light switch that gets pressed every time. Difference is, it clicks and there's a tactile feel. You can actually feel where the key is going to register. So in gaming, they say that's an advantage. StarCraft players swear by them because they can you know, press keys quicker. I'm not a very fast typist, so it doesn't really make me better at anything. But it is a really cool-looking keyboard. It's black. It's dirty. Yeah, it weighs like four, four and a half pounds, <laughs> the actual keyboard. So, yeah, it's like a weapon. <laughs> so they're not going to be making laptops with the mechanical keyboards inside. No. no, I won this in a competition online. The only drawback to this keyboard, and it is a really cool-looking keyboard, I mean, it looks cool on the desk, is it costs $130 if you want to buy one, which is a lot of money for a keyboard, and it's... It's not got any fancy features or anything, apart from aside from the mechanical keys. I guess and that's the light. what. 
I guess the keys is what makes the price up because. Do you say you cannot change the color? No. Raise. For hundred and thirty dollars. Well, Razor's color scheme is green, so I guess. I don't care. Yeah. You know, add a little LEDs for goodness. Sake. And, and the thing is, on the mechanical keyboard, that's another thing. The backlighting is uh, there's a light in every key, and on their older keyboards, there's just a light that is um, it, spread out everywhere. Yeah, so it's not quite as like. Like, if you look at the Black Widow, every single letter is the same brightness. Whereas if you look at their older keyboard, even though it still looks good, it's not quite as uniform, the light. Um, it's really cool. I don't know if I would recommend you spend $130 on one, though. It's a lot of money. Unless you are, like, an avid typist and you type in the dark and you don't... I don't know. What's the reasoning for a backlight in a keyboard, anyway? Just for looks, and probably a lot of people like you, you do sit in the dark most of the time. Yeah. You don't keep the lights on, so... Yeah. And you're a hunt and pecker, so you <laughs> you do look for the keys. And if you keep your room really low lit like you do... Then I kind of like how... It, you see how it looks right now, like when it's really... Because it's pretty dark in here right now. It's kind of soothing when I'm on my computer, and I, I just like it. Exactly. It lit up. Um, and that keyboard, that I give you my old keyboard, which yes. is a Razer keyboard as well. But if you turn the light off on that keyboard, nothing, you can't see anything. It's just a, a big black splodge. Right. There's no letters, no nothing. You can't see anything. You know, it's it's weird. I can't I can't cope with that because I, and you can because you can feel for mm-hmm. them. So, um, and then finally, very finally, we watched the Doctor Who finale last night. But it's not the finale, is it? It was the finale of the season. Mm. Um, there's, a Chris, there's a Christmas special. Um, and there's also the 50th anniversary special, which is in November. So we get two Christmas specials essentially this year. Um, but it was it's a funny way of looking at it. No, you get one in November and one for Christmas. Yeah, but they're two specials rather than one special. But they're not both for Christmas. One's for the 50th anniversary, right. which is November or something. Um, the date that it was aired first 50 years ago. Seven. No, I don't think so. No. Um, but. And I was complaining the other week about Stephen Moffat and his stories. That final episode he did last night, I think that was really awesome. It was like fan service episode. Yeah. And it called, because it's 50 years of Doctor Who, it called back on 50 years of Doctor Who. A little bit. Yeah. Not, not I, much. That, that sequence, though, was really, you know... It, I, I can imagine... I mean, I was like, oh my god, that's awesome. It is. You see the TARDIS... It didn't look great. No, it didn't, but I think it looked as good as yeah. Doctor Who generally looks, right? And I love Doctor Who. I mean, I, I forgive anything. I like don't the care. Doctor yeah, I don't give a sh- I don't care about anything. I'll forgive it all. It doesn't matter yeah, to it, me. I but. thought it was really cool. I, I, I just liked seeing those old Doctors. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it shows you all the Doctors. And, well, Eccleston. No, you saw Eccleston mm-hmm. run past at one well, point. Well, someone's arm in a leather coat. Yeah. Um, no tenant. If no. you noticed. None. No. Not that I could recall, anyway. No. There's probably a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the opening sequence, yeah, it's fantastic. The very ending, don't <sighs> want to spoil it. I don't know what that means exactly, but I'm excited anyway. Like, there's possibilities in my in sure. my mind of what that is. But it was one hell of a finale. I mean, you just kind of go, oh, what? Like, I didn't, I didn't think Moffat was capable of something so... You know, River Song. Yeah. I could have done with that. She added nothing to me I, whatsoever. I know she. Yeah, she's. 
mean, there's no point for it. I think about it, other than being able to tell Clara, tell Clara a couple of things. Yeah, and there I was hate, no purpose. I really it. despise the spoilers thing now, where she says I spoilers. Too. I want to punch her in the face, when and she I don't want to be reminded that she was married to him. I mean, I mean, she's the love of his so life, good. apparently, right? But uh, not. But not. But but yes, and because you think Rose is the love of his life, I think. <laughs> no, I think River Song is, unfortunately. But I, I never really, I don't, I don't like her. We liked her in the library. Yeah, it's amazing. If you'd have left her at the library, that's that one of my favorite be. episodes of all time. In fact, and I think it, I think a lot of people love that episode because Dave number one, and it's it's a really interesting episode. That once it has occurred, that episode it echoes in the whole thing. Like it feels like it is really pivotal, like to Doctor Who's journey. And this one last night, like, one of the things about Doctor Who is he shouldn't ever cross his own time stream. I never knew that. Well, I did, because he's mentioned it so many... He's mentioned it over these... Right, but it's not a big deal to me. It's a big deal, though. And... But he's done it before, because we've had two Doctors in the TARDIS before together. He has, and it... But with no consequences. But this, this... The consequence of what was going... I really... I I actually, you know, the other day as well where I said, like, I don't really get Clara and I don't really... All that's come to light. That like, Sure. Like, I actually... I was kind of bored of her, but now I'm like, no. It's more interesting than that now. I mean, yeah, I was waiting for this. Oh, no, I'm over it completely. No, like, now, oh, now I-, I want to see her on a journey with him. Why? Now, no, now we know it's... Knowing this has occurred, like... Yeah, but that's all it was. It was, but now that's out of the way... I would like to see a journey with her. But there's no her. point now because she's not the impossible girl. She's anymore. not. So what? So what can she be? Is what I'm saying. Nothing. No, Just I think brave. she can. That's it. But there's um, nothing yeah. mysterious left. I really her. liked it. I liked. I, I felt that he actually. I don't like the cl- cliffhangers. I find it really boring. Yeah, but that cliffhanger was actually really good. The the thing itself is fine, but it's constant every single time, and by then I get numb to it, and I'm like. Ugh, like, don't start it. Just, <laughs> like, end a, end an episode Actually, or a season and just end it. And then let me a, start a new season or whatever fresh. This, well, this this 50th special is going to, con- you know, this is the, you could count it as the last episode of this series, really. Because it's going to, what happens at the end of this, what we just watched, the major... Oh That's God. what I'm saying, this wasn't the end of the season, obviously. Well, it was. Because there's just this one standalone movie that's coming in the theatres. But it's not, because it's going to wrap up what we just saw. Right. So it's not the end of it. That's what I mean. You always just, one little peck. One but this was a good one, I thought. Oh, I, yeah. I didn't think, I didn't expect it. And then the possibilities of what that is. And I've got about five theories in my head of what that is. All of them are, like, awesome. Hopefully one of them is what he's thinking. I have zero theories. You know, and the thing you think about Doctor Who, I was thinking, and I was giving Moffat a bit of leeway <laughs> by by thinking it's important as a TV show. It's it's a fifty year TV show, right? That has a rich history. It has a lot of episodes. It has. Let's be clear to people who don't watch it: it's not been on every year for fifty years. No, it was on a little bit, and then it skipped a whole bunch, and then it was on once or twice, and then it skipped a whole bunch, right. and then it's been on again since two thousand six. But it's fabric, the Bible of Doctor Who, follow the rules, this is how it works. It must be extremely complicated to 
come up with stories that don't mess with that. I think Moffat doesn't care, he said, even in an interview. Sometimes you have to just... He, to me, it doesn't feel like he messes with it. Oh, and he, he says actually he calls does, because he can't follow it all all the time. And my favourite my favorite thing about the whole thing was seeing... And, and I have seen that original episode where he escapes Gallifrey. <laughs> yeah. But seeing how the TARDIS looked before it was a police box. Yeah, yeah. And it... Actually, they'd animated it spinning down a thing which is not in the original. Oh, right. Because they didn't do anything like that. It was terrible. I was like, oh my it god. It wasn't terrible. I've seen some of them. Well, I mean, it was more... It was just a plain old-fashioned TV show. Yeah. But they did that, and I was like, yeah, this is a fan service episode. Any fa- All the fans complaining about Doctor Who, they can't sit and watch this one and... Not, and I know. disagree. I think people could be disappointed with it. I, I was not, and even the story that was it within it with the weird dudes, yeah, yeah, was even fun and, and cool. Except I don't care about the intelligence. I find it a really lame uh, baddie, even though it's the original baddie. Because yeah. when you go back to the original, yeah, it's Doctor from the original. I get the the concept of it being so the possibility of the power of him, it, but it always is falls short. It never really does the thing. But Even it is awesome time. that Richard E. Grant is the body that... Yeah, yeah but I mean, the concept, though, there's no... Not that I'm a huge fan of Cybermen or the Daleks, like you are, but the intelligence has, at least for us in the last season, introduced to new audiences, it's not that big of a threat. I mean, the one little thing where it was going to internet download everybody, that got nipped in the bud. And then the snowmen, that got nipped in the bud. And then this, the It's like... It doesn't really have a big threat, an ongoing threat. To if you it. haven't watched Doctor Who and you like sci-fi, you do like you know sci-fi time travel stories and sometimes cheap-ish. Yeah, I, I, get, I say start watching it, the two thousand and five, you know where they, where Eccleston started. Start watching that season because there's so much good stuff to come. I wish I hadn't seen any of it because that third year was awesome. Like I love that third year, you know, uh, and the first year. And then this year, towards the end, I was a bit bored in the middle of this year, this season. It is up and down a little bit, because they have different writers, different... Neil Gaiman did a really awesome episode again this time. Um, I suggest watching it. If you've got any interest in sci-fi, just start watching there. And you might actually want to go back and watch the classic ones after that. I do. It's kind of hard. I find it hard. I've watched some of the classic ones. And I remember them from a kid, and I love them. But because they've done such a good job of making it again, like, and not going too overboard. Because, yes, there's CG in the new ones, but they still keep it at the kind of cheapish level, don't they, you know? So it kind of fits with the old one. Um, They've done such a good job with the new one and the stories and everything. The old one's kind of hard for me to watch. It's it's almost like a radio play, the old one. Yeah. But why uh, can't you just accept it for what it is and not compare it? I I accept it for what it is. It's just not something I enjoy as much. Hmm. Like I did when I was a kid. Now I've watched a few episodes here and there and it's like I'm not as connected with it. Right. As it is now. Like, So um, that's it for this week for me. Uh, Sita, what's for dinner? What's for dinner are sandwiches with um, veggie ham. I forget the brand. Eve's. Eve's um, veggie... veggie... Ham and turkey, which is really the... good. I wish they... I know they've got to call, like, veggie meats the name of other... But I wish they didn't Yeah, but they have to. to, so you know what it is. 
Yeah, they do, don't they? <laughs> yes. You wouldn't know you what can't the really flavor. market is stuff you put veggie, on a sandwich. Veggie sliced deli. <laughs> stuff. Meatless deli slices. <laughs> like, can't really not mention the word To meat. us, that would be fine. Well, see, meat isn't just dead animals, you see. Meat is the meat of a nut, the meat of a yeah. vegetable, the meat of a plant, the meat of a wheat. People just have separated meat out over the years to being Flesh. just dead animal versus the meat of, like, if you're eating a peanut, then the nut inside is the meat of the nut. Correct. So if you kind of reclaim that, then you have no problem with the, you know. But those, and then I got some farmer's market vegetables today. And what else did I put on there? That's it. That's it. That's That'll be something else. I'll be hungry. Oh, French fries. French oh, fries. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. And my advice just sort of came out as a little poem kind of a thing. I don't know. I just started writing these little sentences. It doesn't, isn't really a poem because you'll hear it. Um, because, okay, I'll say it first. Take big bites, but don't be a chomper. Take big drinks, but don't be a gulper. Take big steps, but don't be a stomper. Take what you need. Don't make the world suffer. Now, it's like, don't be afraid to, like, not just eating and drinking. I mean, just, like, do big things and take risks and be different. You just don't have to be freaking obnoxious about it or be, like, stamping on it. You You don't have to have a political view that's way different than everybody and then just steamroll everybody with it. You know, you can take a big bite and not be a chomper. So, if anyone actually gets what I'm saying, okay, you, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, you, you can be something, but you don't have to. Um, the fear that people suffocate have, everybody with your thing. Yeah, not not a suffocating, just obliterating. Like you know, and not only that, but even even just being who you are. I I have had so many people say to me. And I don't, and it's all different kinds of people, not just friends, not just close friends from my history of my life, not just new friends. I mean, it's all different people. Oh, I wish I could be like you sometimes. Oh, I wish I could say the things you say sometimes. Oh, I wish I could be more like that, but more free with, or I wish I had the confidence you have. And all of that is be, I don't know why, because I'm not super confident and I'm not, I'm not high achiever. I'm not highly motivated or anything, but I will say when I, when I this is the this is the control of not being a chomper and still taking a big bite. If I'm in a situation and I don't like what's going on, I can measure whether or not me putting out there my actual like opposing view. Not that it'll do any good, but that it's appropriate and that it's not just like trying to like you know steamroll everybody into submission. So. But I can do that sometimes, like in a situation, I can just blurt out something and, you know, with hopefully, maybe not always, a tiny bit of balance. I guess I just spent a lot of time up near my hometown this past week and the fear that people have to be themselves, like we don't eat meat anymore. It's no big deal. But when you go there and every single dish... Like, we had a buffet for a graduation party. And every single dish, except for the vegetable tray, had meat in it. The salad had turkey and and ham folded into it. The sandwiches were ham and cheese. There were meatballs and prime rib, or not prime rib, ribs, and pulled pork or something. And the macaroni and cheese had... 
I think, bacon in it or on it. Like, every single thing had meat in it or on it. So I was like, I don't care. I mean, I don't care. I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, you didn't make me any macaroni and cheese? No, you know what I did? I went and bought me some veggie slices, and I bought my own butter, which is not butter, and I bought me some salad stuff, and I just ate different places, right? So then when someone offers me something, and I say, oh, no, thank you, you know? In my mind, I'm like, no, my mind says, I'm, you know, that's a meatball, so no thank you. But they insist, and then you say, well, I just nicely say, oh, I don't, we don't, I don't eat meat anymore, but thanks. Oh, you don't eat meat. Oh. You get all kinds of comments, like, oh, one of those, or, oh, you know. And then I'll just say, well, I guess I just, I just eat pretty much what I want. You know, that's my, I'm not afraid to say just enough. I don't feel bad. I don't feel like I'm being put in my place, whereas I've watched people who will not even say, like, one girl said to me privately, oh, I'd really like to try to be a vegetarian, but I would never, ever, 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 ever tell anybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, not, she's not willing to take the big bite and just do her life and then, you know, hopefully find a way to fit it in with everybody else. So, like I said, if you get what I'm saying, then you get what I'm saying. Okay, so we're at an hour and a half, so we need to quit. Perfect. So uh, thanks for listening to the show. I can remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com, sidtalk.com. We're on Twitter, Facebook. We're on all those things, all those modern finangle things. Where uh, You can catch this uh, podcast on the iTunes Music Store or the Zoom Marketplace. Or just go to ascully.com, A-S-C-U-L-L-Y.com. Click on the word podcast. You can listen and subscribe, whatever you want to do. Email feedback to me at ascully at ascully.com. Don't email SidTalk because she really couldn't give a damn. And finally, <laughs> stay classy, Mr. Jeremy Irons. Always classy in everything, including beautiful creatures. Nice. And I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone will do it for you. Yeah.